This podcast and the following message are brought to you by Call Source. Call Source exists to help automotive brands and dealers improve performance on the phone. Call Source has been tracking and analyzing calls for over 25 years, and they have the highest rate of reliability in the industry. CallSource is the only call tracking, processing, and marketing attribution solution who is here to improve your customer journey for every stage of your business. With CallSource, you can own every lead. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash CallSource. And thank you. Well, the only thing that's the same about it is we're working on cars. Every aspect of our business has changed from how we uh, drive customers in how we take care of them while they're here, our action throughout the day, what we're doing inside of our buildings, everything's different. And and that's the key part of it. But one of the, the key elements to, to making all that happen and to continue to do business is that is you got to lead your people because they're all looking for answers, every single one of them. They don't have a clue. They want to be told what to do. And you want ideas from them and you'll take their ideas. But at the end of it, you got to you gotta have a direction. You got to spread that out amongst them. And, and roll with it. And, and we've taken all of our buildings. We have four buildings on campus. Uh, we've sent some people home to work from home. We sent some people home that are at risk that probably shouldn't be exposed no matter what. Um, and we've gave different people different job roles. We took every building and, and we uh, maintained less than 50 people in every building. Um, we did some things in the sales department. Jeff can talk about that in a few minutes uh, with rotating shifts there. Um, the demand on my side of the business hasn't dropped enough to rotate shifts on my side. Uh, we're running as close to full capacity as you could expect with, with what's going on. I have about 12% of my staff out uh, for various different reasons, either self-quarantined or at risk or whatever the situation may be. Um, and we're down about 20% in business. So that's not that far off for the people that I have here. Our traffic's down a bit, but our transaction value's up. And anytime you can slow the transaction down, you can usually make it more valuable. And that's certainly taking place here. But our customers are loving what we're doing. We check, we're keeping a log of everybody that comes in. Um, we're asking them a couple of questions just to find out what, where they've been, if they've been exposed to anybody, or if they're sick themselves. Um, we actually had someone that's told us that they was just come in off of a cruise. So we didn't let them in on our building. Um, <laughs> we did all their stuff outside. Um, but everything we do is different. I'm moving advisors out into the lane. We've always brought our customers inside. We've looked for ways to do that differently. Um, but we're kind of forced to do a lot of things right now. So everybody's got to step outside their comfort box. That was Ed Roberts, Fixed Ops Director at Bozard Ford and Lincoln in St. Augustine, Florida, during our conversation on March 24th about how fixed operations at his dealership has changed from social distancing because of COVID-19, which is one of many case scenarios we have lined up for you today in this episode. From Autoburst Media, this is Autoconverse. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Autoconverse Mobility Tech and Connectivity Podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies about how we are connected and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Glad to be here with you. Today's focused fixed operations. 
As we head into another week of social distancing and quarantine, the world and our nation are divided. And if you listen to our previous episode, you know that I am encouraging you to take a stand. I don't mean an aggressive stand, but a mental stand. I want you to be informed, knowledgeable, and have confidence in your perspective about what's going on right now. And not just in your country, but in your local area, in your state, and in your community. Automotive retailers, car dealers, are, like many businesses, essential. They really are. They're central to the local community and the global community. And not just because of vehicle sales and service, but because of jobs and because of global supply chains, which will come up later in this episode. We might be dealing with a global pandemic, but if you study the data and have an open mind and a clear mind, you can know the real risks that we face health-wise. And even if the world isn't moving in a direction that you believe it should be, something you cannot necessarily control, well, you, what you can control is your understanding, your perspective, and your peace of mind. The automotive industry, and more specifically the automotive franchise retail business, has been stuck between two worlds, the old one and the new one. Now, in the old world, dealers were resisting change. They were holding on to a car business that, despite the advent of the World Wide Web in the late 90s, a disruption that forced dealers to become more transparent with their pricing and embrace consumers in a whole new way, there is one thing dealers have been able to hold on to all this time. They've been able to require customers come into their facilities to do business, both for service and for sales. But with COVID-19, that old way of doing business is experiencing tremendous disruption, something we'll get into more a little bit later in this episode. But before we do, I'd like to take you back a little bit, maybe late January, right about the time that President Trump had put a block on incoming flights from China. A decision I think is important to recognize came with intense scrutiny from his political opponents and the World Health Organization. Here is Brian Servatius from Revolution Parts providing an overview of his company's recent annual benchmark report on the auto parts business, with coronavirus not on anyone's minds. The year closed out over $12 billion in parts and accessory sales. That's U.S. auto parts e-commerce. So um, the sector is growing really quickly, about 16-plus percent year over year. Um, and, uh, you know, franchise dealers or genuine OE parts and accessories have, have you know, about 20% market share on that. So one of our goals is to really help kind of bend that curve. Um, and from a revolution parts perspective, we were really excited Two two big milestones, um, our biggest year in sales for our dealer customers ever uh, at 328 million in, um, in gross, uh, volume, gross merchandise volume over the year. And, uh, Closing out 2019, we did cross over a billion in parts and accessory sales since inception as well. So um, there's a big, big opportunity here. We're excited to see the volume growing and, uh, and be able to help our dealers get some of that, that sales volume. I mean, when you look at the, the total U.S. parts and accessories market, um, it's, you know, it, it closed out 2019, I think, according to Hedges and Company, around 12.3 billion. 
think is where it landed. Um, when we think about that, um, you know, part, uh, genuine OE parts and accessories being about 20% of that, um, it's a, it's no small number. It's a significant chunk. I mean, when you, you know, you break that down, that's getting close to 3 billion total addressable. So, you know, we're capturing a really nice chunk of that. Obviously that's a, that's a North star and one of the, the main metrics that we think about in our business as we, we work with our dealers, right? Um, at the end of the day, that's, that's what everybody's trying to do is drive some, some solid sales volume. I assume that Amazon and eBay are probably the, or at least one of the two of the top five uh, sellers. Is that accurate? Is that fair? Yeah, it's very accurate. I, not a lot of people, you know, may not know this. I have a background in marketplaces, but um, you know, those two marketplaces have been committed to this category for a long time. And you see parts and accessories being, you know, a top five, top six category for them. Um, you know, so when you combine them, that's about 70% of the U.S. Uh, parts and accessories e-commerce market. And, uh, you know, we were, we were excited on eBay. We, we punched uh, almost 28 million in sales from our dealers um, and then over 10 million on, on Amazon as well. But they're, they're big, big opportunities, big marketplaces, a ton of eyeballs and, um, you know, a really good channel for, for sort of quick plug and play access to a lot of parts accessories buyers. Is most of that sales dealer sales through those channels or are there lots of other, I guess, third party sellers as well? Yeah, no. When you think about, again, that total pie is really everything. So um, the landscape today is the aftermarket gets the lion's share of that um, at about 80%. So dealer sales today are, are only about 20% of that. And I think that's similar across marketplaces as well, but I, it is growing. I've seen um, eBay and Amazon both. Um, really focus on the OE parts and accessories business. Um, I think traditionally it's been a little slower to adopt. So um, they realize that there's really good market demand and what we're seeing and, and in talking to them is that they're, they're focused on these areas. They, they do see a good opportunity here and they're more open to some of the nuances of helping dealers sell on those channels as well. One thing Brian stated there was that only about 15% of franchise dealerships are set up properly to sell auto parts online, a percentage that I imagine will likely be much higher a year from now. Here's Owen Moon from Fixed Ops Digital responding to that and asking Brian about ways to help dealers tap into more recall work. Yeah, it's, it's a great uh, point of emphasis as we move into 2020. Um, you know, obviously, as a fixed ops digital marketing company, we're, we're handling all aspects of their, their marketing uh, service, parts, tires, collision, accessories, that type of thing. Um, you know, most some brands are better than others. I mean, you know, you start getting into accessories, for example, uh, just since we were just talking about that, you know, Jeep, um, you know, different trucks, they're, they're a lot more of an accessory type, uh, business than, um, than would you say like, a you know, a Toyota or, um, or a Chevy, you know, a Chevy car. Not a lot of people are decking those cars out with accessories and stuff. Um, parts kind of the same way. There's certain brands that obviously do better with parts than, than others. Um, one of the questions I had for Brian, uh, just cause we just recently launched a new product for 2020 called uh, our drive service recalls product. And uh, really it's helping our dealerships uh, sort of capture that recall business and drive uh, more recall specific, um, you know, marketing out there and then bringing that customer to our dealerships. 
uh, one of the key things that I've had people tell me is that uh, the recalls are great, but it's hard getting the parts. Has Revolution Parts done anything uh, from a, a recall standpoint to kind of help bridge that gap for um, a lot of the dealers that uh, that you guys are working with? Has that been a point of emphasis or is that something that you guys have talked about? Now, I'm not going to play more clips from the conversation, but listen to the overview of fixed ops tracks I read from the NADA website. The 2020 NADA show was about to occur two weeks after that conversation. And notice again that COVID-19 was not part of the narrative at that time. Let's look at NADA. Uh, we all have a lot of activities going on. I did go to the, uh, N- uh, to the fixed ops tracks under workshops. And there's about five or six. And uh, you got, we'll kind of go through these and see if any stand out for you guys. But we have the perfect service department with David Lewis, who's a pretty known name. Um, from Lewis and Associates. Top 10 mobile digital strategies that fill service lanes. Oh, and I'm going to chime in there. Uh, The road to the parts sale. So directly in line with what we're talking about here. Uh, What would you do if you called your new car sales department and heard sales, please hold. Uh, Promoting problem solving and strategic thinking in your parts personnel uh, with Georgia Munson. Uh, from NADA, fixed opt customer experience, growth, retention, and profit. So Ed, let me start with you. Today's podcast and the following message are brought to you by FlickFusion. From automated value proposition videos to live streaming walk-around videos and video emails, FlickFusion has everything you need to provide the most comprehensive and personalized online video user experience. Technology has changed, and so should the way you communicate with your prospects and customers. At FlickFusion, we leverage the most powerful video technologies to create the most personalized online experience. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash flick. Well, I would say, uh, Ryan, with our dealer group, our dealer does focus on fixed ops, and he does understand the importance of uh, our contribution to the overall profitability of the store. So, I mean, we really kind of look at it as, a, as one team with fixed and sales, but you're right. And plus, it's, it is getting more difficult on the fixed side to turn a profit for a, a variety of reasons. You know, among them is cost of labor because of shortage of tax. We've got to bump what we're paying to, to attract them. And, you know, so we've got, some, we've got some pressures going on there with our margins. Did you hear that? That was Don Frick. Vice President of Fixed Operations at Chariot Auto Group out of Indiana, and during my conversation at NADA in February inside the QB Business Solutions booth with founder and CEO Lumena Litz. The three of us had sat down for a bit to talk about challenges that he faces in fixed ops, one of which is a shortage in service technicians. Here is what he is doing about it. And what we've had to do is we've really had to start at a very ground level. I'm actually speaking to students in junior high now. We're recruit. We're aligning ourselves with high schools, bringing kids in on internship programs, part-time in high school to introduce them. Because the fact is they just don't know what they don't know. They've never been introduced to this like we were when we were young with our fathers and grandfathers and so on and so on. Now, Don is not the only dealer facing that challenge. In fact, Pretty much all dealers are across the country. Here's John Bernath from Santan Ford in February at NADA as well. Um, a lot of things have changed. I mean, warranty costs are going up again. 
uh, especially with Ford Motor Company. Um, so every margins are shrinking on new cars. So the pressure for fixed operations to perform is probably in the last five years about as big as it's ever been. Okay. So we're doing all kinds of different things to try to make sure that our margins are staying the same and we're continuing to take care of customers. And we're putting what we call a rubber band on a customer after we sell the car to get them back into our service departments and try to take care of them. And then with that becomes technicians. I mean, uh, the, it's, a, it's a shrinking group of people. Mm-hmm. So we're having to pay them more. When we have to pay our technicians more, therefore we need to charge more. And uh, dealing with our manufacturers is a big part of that. Okay. Now this has come up pretty much every time is the, is the service technicians and the shortage and how that affects things like pay. Uh, do you have any programs or initiatives in place to, to, uh, to, to, to deal with that and, and recruit new technicians in? Yeah, we've actually done a lot with uh, technicians. Uh, one of the big things we're doing is we're getting down into the high school levels and getting the trades back into high schools within our communities and trying to show these people that are in trades that don't want to go to college, that, hey, there's an opportunity for you to get out there. And, mm-hmm. and the dealerships and manufacturers are willing to pay for it to help you get a career. Okay. Um, I myself was one of those guys, you know, 30 years ago. So it's really fun for me to get into those environments, get those techs. We currently have most of our technicians in our shops now. We've grown in one way, shape, or another. The shortage in service technicians has been an ongoing problem for fixed ops for more than a decade now. And we plan to get deeper into this particular issue in future episodes. Another theme that came up at NADA is how shared mobility and mobility as a service are impacting not only fixed ops, but automotive retail in general. In fact, at the NADA show, I had the privilege to be part of a discussion panel at the Uber for Business booth about these ideas and how they also create a new revenue stream and customer acquisition model for retailers. But the purpose of playing those clips was to emphasize a point. NADA was held in the second week of February, and by this time, the U.S. was still the only country that was blocking flights from other countries. Nobody at NADA was talking about the novel coronavirus. None of us had any idea what was about to happen to the auto industry. We were all talking in what I call a pre-COVID-19 economy state of mind. So let's get into March. On March 24th, about two weeks after the COVID-19 doomsday, when the NBA decided to cancel their two evening basketball games just prior to tip-off, a move that caused a ripple effect not only in professional sports, but a nationwide quarantine and economic shutdown, a group of us got together for our monthly roundtable discussion about fixed ops. Here is Ed Roberts, again, from Bozard Ford Lincoln, who you heard at the very beginning of this episode, describing the new protocols in his service department. Again, this is on March 24th. So we're logging our employees as well. Um, We're requiring everybody that touches customers' vehicles to to stay sanitized and wipe down the customers' vehicles as well as our vehicles when they come back from being rented or being used for pickup and delivery. Um, we have different employees going around the dealership cleaning touch points um, from a customer standpoint and then a different employee cleaning touch points on an employee standpoint. Uh, so that different people going there and that's ongoing. Um, we are signing and leaving a note inside of our customers' cars, letting them know that we desanitized it, um, and signing it with by the person who did it, uh, just to give them a little sense of security that uh, we, we value their safety. Um, so some of that stuff, we're doing it regardless. But when you do that, that's, that's the showpiece that shows our customer that, hey, you're important to us. But 
we've had one customer put a negative Facebook post out there that says, hey, they interrogated me when I came in the door and whatever else. They're violating my HIPAA rights. They're not violating anybody's rights. We want to keep everybody safe. And they kind of, when they, when they post that kind of stuff out there, it kind of shows to everybody else that we are doing something. And he's telling them what we're doing for us. We don't have to tell them. And, uh, so, but most of our customers are appreciative of us doing it. And we had one customer call in today and, and cancel his appointment because he was exposed to somebody that was diagnosed with it last Saturday. And he had an appointment for tomorrow and he called, called in and canceled because they know that he was in prior to that when we was screening and, and asking questions and he rescheduled to come back in and then he canceled that because of that. So we'll get him back in when this is all over, but customers are appreciative that we're taking action in it. The question at that time, the debate really, was should car dealerships be classified as essential or non-essential? Here is dealer principal Jeff King explaining that the health and safety of your own people, your staff, is the guiding principle of whether you can be open or not. Probably a week and a half ago when this first started uh, really kind of rearing its head, the immediate thing that we went into was if we were going to have our employees working at the dealership, that we had to protect them and put them in a safe environment. We've been very diligent since the beginning on making sure that we are following every guideline that we can put together. And, you know, I think the the fact that we have probably still, what did you say, Ed, 12% of your people were out. Um, I'd say overall, we probably have 30% of the people, 35% of the people out of the building, either working remotely or, or out. But, um, it's allowed us to do a lot of things, but the health and safety of your own people is the guiding principle on whether you can be open or not. Whether or not you think that car dealerships are essential businesses or not, most dealers I talk with are not seeing a disappearance in demand. Yes, some dealers are seeing a decline in business, but most are seeing a steady stream of website visitors and customer visits. Here is Owen Moon again from Fixed Ops Digital sharing a recent report suggesting that web searches at that time for parts and service was up 44% overall. We always knew that people were out looking for this type of of information even before the COVID uh, pandemic hit. And our thoughts were sort of validated today. Um, WordStream came out with a article that in their, with their data, uh, the, the search for parts and service since the COVID uh, pandemic has come into play, has uh, increased 44%. So it's more important than ever to get that information out there so your customers do feel comfortable um, not only knowing you know, what to expect when they get there, but if you have like a delivery and pickup service, for example, it was probably something that you didn't really think too much about, but now it's essential. So just having content online, having stuff in there that you can actually you know, really talk to the customer um, without actually having them call into the store or be or get there, I think is important. And so, you know, as we continue to kind of navigate through this, um, obviously we're being very, you know, um, very cognizant of what, you know, of how to do it because a lot of dealerships are really struggling right now and that type of thing. But uh, the content that we're providing, I know that the the customers that we're working with anyways have been very thankful and appreciative that we've stepped up early um, and uh, and helped them get through those first couple of days. And, and now we're, you know, this is changing hourly. So, you know, it's a, it's a fluid situation for sure. Um, but, you know, we're built for this. I mean, as a, a content house, as a 
SEO company, um, as a, a company that builds a lot of content month in and month out for our stores, this actually fits right into our wheelhouse. So we haven't seen a lot of uh, a lot of changes in our day to day, other than you know the changes of how are we communicating that that message out there. Earlier in today's program, I mentioned the impact that shutting down economies will have on supply chains. Here is Revolution Parts sales manager Matt Carruthers bringing this up in that discussion while talking about different ways that COVID nineteen will impact parts departments. You know, another part that we're talking about in this is you know, supply chain issues and uh, time for people in the dealership. You know, a lot of guys are like what Ed's doing, you, you know, guys that would usually have this job no longer have that job to do right now. So they're finding a different thing for them to do. And there may, my, there may be more opportunity and more time to start onboarding some of these different online strategies uh, to, to look at parts and accessories or to, to support um, the fixed upside of the business to make up the difference while, while service and sales and if you'd like an example of what it means to be a savvy dealer, here is Ed Roberts again explaining how they went from ordering 27 days out to 60 days in anticipation that supply chains are likely to be infected by the COVID-19 economy. We're, we're planning ahead. For the, we, uh, we started Friday um, driving in some of our fast-moving stuff. Uh, we typically turn our inventory 13 times a year, so just just because of a space standpoint. Um, so I've, I've asked my parts manager and, and we've worked on that Friday, Monday, and today to get a 60 days worth of inventory rather than 27 days worth of inventory. Uh, because we know that there's a good possibility that some of that stuff's going to dry up, whether it's because of a shipping standpoint or that the plant shut down or a factory shut down or whatever else. Uh, so we're planning as far ahead as we can. Um, hopefully we, uh, we plan far enough ahead, um, and don't run out of that, but, uh, it's, we understand that that can become an issue and that may be a hindrance, but we're trying to prevent it as much as we can. To wrap up today's episode, I'm going to play one last clip from Owen Moon talking about the idea that some of the things that dealers are being forced into right now as a result of COVID-19 economy are very much likely not just to stick around, but probably be permanent fixtures in the way that automotive retailers interface and transact business between one another. Yeah, and actually, as uh, Jeffrey was talking, I actually was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, the nice thing about our company, about Fix Ops Digital, is that we can take a lot of different scenarios, different technologies, uh, different different um, processes, you know, kind of what sets, you know, typically we would call them kind of like, you know, what sets you apart. But in this case, it's more just what other types of technology or vendors are the, is the dealership using let us take that message and put it to life because you're right. Doing your own ride shares. Um, I, you know, we, we had a conversation yesterday uh, internally about that, you know, even though we don't really focus as much on the sales side with fixed off digital, it's um, we are slow. We've been a slow industry to go tech with technology, right? A lot of dealerships, you know, kind of said, ah, digital retailing, that's coming, you know, Oh, using, um, technology inside the service base to show customers, um, you know, other things that are wrong, paying online, stuff like that. These are all things that some dealerships have really embraced and, and really gone after and, and sort of made a part of their, their normal every day. And some dealerships really haven't. So I think it's going to catch up with a lot of people now if they haven't really embraced that. And more importantly, we're going to see a, a big shift towards it. Even after we come out of this, I think once we come out of this, 
and everybody kind of says, okay, it's safe now to get back in and run your business and all that. I think some of these, these different uh, technologies are going to be sticky now and they're going to start to really uh, become a new part of how consumers expect uh, to in, you know, to, um, integrate and and to have conversations with the dealership uh doesn't always have to be face-to-face these days and uh i think uh, i think we're seeing that uh you know really come to come to fruition here so okay that's it for today my friends a three-month mashup of conversations that we have had around fixed ops so far this year leading up to and into the COVID 19 pandemic crisis Hopefully you can see that we have some wonderful discussions that you are welcome to be a part of. The Fixed Op Strategy Session is one of six different programs that we offer, and you are welcome to participate as a live viewer or, if you like, as a panelist as well. Simply go to autoconversion.net and look for the Masterminds menu. That's www.autoconversion.net. And there you will find Fixed Op Strategies and the others as well. Each requires its own one-time registration. In our next episode, we will be looking at how shared mobility is transforming automotive retail from both a sales aspect and in service, and how shared mobility is offering retailers new revenue channels and customer acquisition models. Stay tuned for more, and if you like what we're doing, then please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Be sure to also let a friend or two know about this podcast as well. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast. I'm Ryan Girardi. Make it a great day, everybody, and cheers. This is Audiburst Media.